Welcome back to another edition of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Inferno. We're at Forts Athletics. We equip coaches and athletes with the tools they seek out in order to achieve their unique and specific goals. And we are recording here on our way home from school on Tuesday, May 3rd. And this is actually take two. Usually I just record all the way through, but I botched that up so bad. We had to do it again. And today we're going to talk a little bit about pressure as a privilege or viewing pressure as a privilege when competing and even when not competing. And uh, I want to talk about this topic today because we're a few days away from our conference championships. And it's really interesting to see how the demeanor of our athletes or individuals in general changes when they are getting ready to do something that they perceive to be a high pressure situation where we probably go through our day to day more often than not, just not even worrying about uh, our side conversations and just general what to do uh, when we go about our day and do our work and, and what have you. But there are times when you have to do important things or we perceive to be important or somebody else perceives to be important where we might feel pressure to do so and we want to make sure we uh, do well and not mess up and, and all those different things. And the reason why I want to mention it, not only besides conference, but an athlete approached me at our meet this weekend and asked about some advice about um, you know competing high-pressure situations. And I appreciate the conversation. And I appreciate when athletes, even from other teams sometimes, approach and ask too. Because uh, one, and kudos to them for feeling comfortable uh, asking another coach a question about something. And uh, two, actually taking the time to, to do it. So I appreciate that. And this is the answer that I gave them that I'm going to kind of go into more detail on here. But when we think about pressure situations and how we you know, react to those situations, usually research suggests that really uh, we feel pressure in certain situations because we want to do a good job in that moment and we don't want to mess it up and we perceive the situation as um, high stakes. Right? So we feel that you know it's really important if you're giving a presentation at work, or you're competing in a track meet, for your conference championships, that we uh, internalize that as being a high-pressure situation where we don't want to mess up or make any mistakes, things like that. And I'll give an example <laughs> of one of the most high-pressure situations I was ever in and uh, kind of go through the steps looking back on it now that I wish I knew back then. So I was student teaching in a fourth grade classroom. It was at October of 2003. And the first couple of weeks went really well because my cooperating teacher was in the classroom with me all the time. And my concentration at the time was social studies. So the first unit that I was going to work on by myself with the students, without anybody in the room besides myself and the kids, was a community's Unit. It's going to be like six weeks. And we were talking about building communities and what are communities and you know, all that stuff. So the second 
Mr. Saxton at Pine Valley Elementary School, fourth grade, walked out of the room. I could sense something come over me that I had never felt before um, in my life up until that point. I started noticing that like I got really hot. Uh, I got like really nervous because I was alone with the kids by myself for the first time. Um, I started sweating like crazy sweating. Um, and I could tell, I could feel my face getting like beat red. And uh, you know, kids were well behaved. Like we started going through our activity. Like 40, 40 minutes later, Mr. Saxon comes back in. He goes, are you okay? And I said, yeah. It's like, you know, I pulled him aside and I said, I was really scared. Like, you left me alone in the room with the kids by myself. And I, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't mess it up. He's like, that's a good thing. And I was, like, taken aback by it. Like, you know, he doesn't, he never seemed really nervous. He'd been teaching for, like, 20 years. And I was like, but I don't know what to do next time. Like, I don't feel comfortable you leaving the room and that's not the point of student teaching eventually you get to the point where you take over pretty much everything uh, in the classroom at least Mr. Saxton did but uh, this early conversation at the end of the October I was really scared because I thought I was like something was wrong with me and he said that's good that you feel like that because you care you want to do a good job for the students and I was like but I don't want to feel like this every single time and he asked me what what was causing that fear in me and that's what I asked or that's what I asked the other student the other student the athlete this past weekend I said well talk talk to me a little bit about these high pressure situations like how do they make you feel like what kind of emotions does it bring up so with student teaching it was really a lot of fear and doubt that I didn't know what I was doing and I was in a room with 14 fourth graders crazy and I wouldn't be able to manage them and control them and camp classroom management and he would walk back in or the teacher next door would come over and be like why are the kids so loud so basically I was just really scared of messing up and um, this athlete told me that they were scared of messing up too and that they wanted to perform well and that they, th they throw really well in every other meet except for their conference championships or what it matters so I said you know think about what what emotions this drums up write them down, right, so you kind of have a list so you can actually see what's causing this for you. And then I said, think about a time where you were in a high pressure situation and what happened. So he talked to me a little bit about uh, a prior conference championship meet where they were seated really high and they just didn't perform really well. And uh, he just was really concerned that that was gonna happen again. And uh, similar to what Mr. Saxton said, is what I told um, this particular athlete. And I said, that's a good thing. And I was like, it's good that you feel a little nervous, you have a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety in the competition, because that's going to help us, if we know how to harness that, it's going to help us get aroused and get more ready and primed to perform, because we, have, we set our bodies up to have these little cues that let us know it's go time. You know, we kind of like turn the switch on and get ready to compete. Um, so he said, when you start noticing, you know, these signs, recognize that and begin to harness that in a way that is going to help you focus on your one or two cues, whatever you're going to work on during the competition. 
and don't look at it as a pressure to try and perform well, but as a privilege, as an opportunity to compete in this conference championship. So we gotta look at it from like a different lens or a different perspective, where once I started looking at student teaching as a way to you know, better help the students and uh, try and teach these lessons in uh, communities and these science kits and ELA and <laughs> math, helped me feel a little bit more comfortable. Now, it didn't happen the first day, or the second day, or the third day that I was alone with them. But by the time I ended that semester, I wasn't getting crazy sweaty every single morning, and all anxious and all amped up about going into student teach with these 14 fourth graders. And I started looking at it as more of like a great opportunity to become a better teacher, practice what I wanted to end up doing at the time for the rest of my life and that's the same thing with our athletes and like throwing and preparation right like you have spent so much time this semester and every other previous semester training for this moment use that as a reward flip the switch think about it from that perspective you've worked so hard over the course of such a long period of time that you take these three or six opportunities that you're gonna have to throw and you make the best of them. And you harness that energy, that little bit of fear, maybe a little bit of doubt, maybe a little bit of whatever, and help that prepare you for the competition. So be able to recognize when you start noticing your body, maybe you start sweating a little bit more, maybe you just kind of become a little bit more um, focused your surroundings and you start taking some more things in however it's going to work for you use those cues body cues to help you get ready to perform now it's not something that you could just show up that day and all of a sudden you're magically going to throw farther i wish it worked like that but it's something you really need to think about and be aware of um, well ahead of time so if you're in practice <clears throat> excuse me so in practice, if you notice that you start working on a cue or you start working on something and you just have a little bit of self-doubt, take that in. Like be mindful of that. Recognize what emotions conjure, are conjured up by performing these acts and activities, right? So um, when I was asked to present something when I was at the U of R that I had no idea about, I was extremely concerned. There was administration from Rochester City School District. I had no idea <laughs> what some of the numbers meant at the time. And uh, I was tasked to give like an hour and a half presentation on the outcomes of these kids. And um, at first, for like the first like hour, I was like, oh my goodness, like I can't believe I have to do this in a couple of weeks. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, like I have a month to prepare. So I knew I had, I had some time, right? Uh, I could learn as much as I could about what I was asked to do to better prepare myself for that presentation. Now that it still go like perfectly well, no. Uh, <laughs> I have some errors in my PowerPoint, yep. Uh, but then I managed to get through the presentation and ended up and eventually ended up doing like hundreds of those presentations over the time that I was there. Uh, but the first one, I was just, it was a 
little overwhelming sometimes. Um, but I recognized that, that I was overwhelmed and thinking to myself, why am I feeling this way? So I educated myself more on the content, the background, behind the content, and eventually by the time I got in front of, I don't know, like those two dozen people, um, it didn't go as horrible as I had made it out to be in my mind ahead of time. Now with competition, uh, there's some strategies that you can incorporate or take into account when you are you know, getting ready to compete. Hopefully you have a conversation with that uh, topic, like with your coach, rather than just going all gas, no brakes, every single throw and see what happens. That might not be the best strategy. Maybe it is for you and you just let it ride. And this video is probably not the least bit helpful towards you or for you rather. But you really just need to be mindful and aware of what's happening uh, with our bodies when we start feeling like that. And I take a pause like that all the time. Anytime I'm asked to do something, if I start getting uh, a little anxious about that, I just think about why am I getting anxious about this? And then I think back to other opportunities that I've been asked to do things that I have probably no right doing somebody thought it might be a good idea for me to do it and you just prepare as best as you can and for those of you that are kind of competing at your conference championships you've obviously done something right to get yourself to this point um, you have to hit a mark you have to be in the top 16 or top 20 or however it works um, so kudos to you and congratulations you've already qualified so that's the good part right um, when there the outcome is going to be, you know, or the strategies rather are going to be different for everybody. Some people need to be a little mellow. Some people get really amped up. Some people have like 10 monsters before they compete. Nobody on our team though. Um, I don't think anyway. Uh, but whatever gets you into that place, bring yourself back to that place. So if you had successful competitions earlier in the season, <clears throat> where they may actually have been more competitive than your conference meet, bring yourself to that place. How did you feel at that time? Your first competition of the season or your second competition of the season? Um, and to be honest, our athletes, some of them have competed in higher stress, higher stakes meets before our conference one this weekend. And I think maybe the stigma of you know attaching conference championships to just a regular track meet on a Saturday and Sunday is uh, what might cause, you know, some of that anxiety. But it's not like if you don't win the competition that you're still not qualified for regionals, that you're still not in the top 20 or 25 or 50 or 100 at nationals. Um, it really is another competition. And hopefully incorporating some of these pressure as a privilege and viewing it as such help ease some of that anxiety we still have five days before the competition, so there's plenty of time to incorporate some different strategies and incorporate some different tools that will help you hopefully uh, feel better prepared, that you'll be um, you know, more comfortable in that situation. But really, it's like I talked about the other day, it's controlling your, your attitude and your preparation and your effort. So if you have a positive attitude going into the competition, and you've prepared as best as you can prepare, 
your effort is going to be there because hopefully it's uh, with being a conference championship, hopefully you're going to feel uh, a little more um, amped up and and try and give forth uh, maybe a little bit better showing because it's something that's a little more meaningful to you. Um, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. If you were going into the competition uh, real lackadaisical, like not caring at all, not caring about anything, then I might be a little bit concerned if that isn't like your normal like day-to-day -day personality or outlook on things. Um, but then again, everyone's going to be different. So the strategies that I suggest are just, you know, strategies that uh, you can incorporate if you want. They are research-based, so I try and sprinkle in a little bit of the research there from others who have been studying this specific topic longer than I have. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, I think it's important to have a lot of different tools in our toolbox when it comes to being prepared for competition and uh, what type of feelings that might elicit in us before um, and during the competition. So that's it for this episode. Hopefully these strategies and tips, I went a little long. This one's like 18 minutes. Um, we'll try and edit out some of the um, maybe better parts of the, the conversation, but I think you get the idea about the different strategies and different ways that you can incorporate um, viewing pressure as a privilege with a different perspective and a different lens in order to give yourself the best opportunity to be successful at your competition. Thank you very much for watching and listening to this episode of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Inferno, and have a great day.